it's you're just funny. It's, it's funny. you know the way you tell the story and everything. Funny how. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Barardo Podcast. Of course, I'm your host, Tony Barardo. You know, today's a, an interesting episode because m- most of these podcasts, you hear me kind of uh, talk about health, wellness, uh, social interaction. You know, that's the uh, the nuts and bolts of the Barardo Podcast. But today, uh, I do want to talk um, about something with uh, an old friend of mine, actually, uh, Justin Westerman, who's a financial advisor. And he has been uh, for quite some time. You know, and I've talked before about uh, saving money and, and focusing on your break even. And I've dipped a little bit into real estate and had some experts in that field. But I, I think it's important now more than ever that we focus more on our financial health. And uh, I think we did that today with this episode. Uh, Justin and I talked a lot about uh, not just the real estate market, uh, the financial industry, uh, 401ks, uh, savings accounts retirement plans, all types of really interesting stuff that no matter what age you are, I think you're getting a lot of value out of this. I'm going to leave his information below along with his email. He mentions it in the podcast here, but uh, reach out to him if you have any questions. Like I said, he's a great financial advisor. Without further ado, everyone, please help me welcome Justin Westerman. Uh, well, first, dude, thanks again for for wanting to come on the show. I appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. Um, what, uh, so what prompted you to to hop on the show? You know, I, uh, I've always been thinking about, you know, starting a a podcast myself. Um, there's several people in my industry that do it and I figured let's kind of test the waters and, and be a guest first and see, you know, what, what it could do for me or, or something along those lines. So I'm looking forward to just kind of, you know, talking about what I talk about with everybody all the time. So yeah. Oh, very <laughs> and, cool. And take it from there. Yeah. Cool. And then, you know, I, I ended up doing uh, you know, a pre-intro beforehand, but for the listeners, you know, first time, why don't you give a, a quick little cliff note to Justin and, and uh, we'll kind of get into it. Sure. Yeah. Well, um, my name's Justin. I am with Coastal Wealth. I'm a financial advisor. I specialize in um, advanced retirement strategies and uh, pension maximization, specifically for people who are in the Florida retirement system. Um, so I've got a lot of people that work for the state, and I live here in the Tallahassee area, um, which is obviously the the major hub for state workers. Um, so that's where the bulk of my business is from. But uh, obviously, I work with referrals and and other you know avenues outside of that as well. Um, I've been in the industry for almost five years now. Um, so I've, you know, been in for a while now. I'm, I'm considered a veteran in the, in the industry and I've really found my niche lately. So, um, and that's usually working with people who are roughly between the ages of 35 and 55, just really trying to, um, get a handle on retirement. Because as you know, like when we were in, you know, working at Regal Cinemas back in as teenagers, if somebody would have said, Hey, let's talk about retirement, like, I'm I don't even know if I'm going to live that long. Like, who cares? <laughs> you know, so, um, but nowadays I, I have some of my clients are as young as like 17, 18, fresh out of high school, like, you know, that I've met through their parents or whatever. And, 
Wow. And um, I've got some people that are, are saving more money than people I've, I've met in their 60s. And I'm like, you know, so this is a topic that is near and dear to me. And, and I'm hoping to, to gain more exposure and, and get more people thinking about this because it's never too early to start, honestly. Yeah. There's always times that's too late, but, <laughs> yeah. but it's never too early. That's yeah. with a lot of things, right? Like there's always, yeah. we, you know, we always end up having those <clears throat> conversations with her like previous self saying, you know, I wish I did this. I wish I did that. Um, yeah. And <laughs> exactly. uh, regret it. And, and I'm, me, I'm the same way. It's like, yeah. I wish I would have done a lot of this when I was 18, 19 years old. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, I, I didn't mention in the, uh, in the intro, but yeah, that's uh, Regal Cinemas. That was my first yeah. gig. I don't know about you. It was, I mean, I was at like Dixie for like anyway. maybe a month or two. And then I was making minimum wage there, just stocking shelves and whatnot and bagging. Right. But then Regal Simmons is like, hey, we'll pay you like 50 cents more an hour. I was like, <laughs> sweet, sold. <laughs> it was just that easy. <laughs> yeah, it was. And then I stayed there for about a year. <laughs> yeah. Amazing what 50 cents back then exactly. we get so jacked up yeah. about. Like I, and I remember after that, I think I went to go work for, um, I did LA fitness for a long time. And then in between that I did TGI Fridays and okay. uh, I was a server and well, I started off as a bus boy and then a server. Mm -hmm. And you know, back then, I don't know how it is now in the hospitality industry, but back then it was like two fifty per hour mm -hmm. is what we got paid. And then, you know, you mainly get paid off tips, but I think now sure. it's more like minimum wage, but it's interesting because we would always fight like you know, a year as being a server, it was like, Hey, or a better example would be when I was at Regal. Um, I don't, I don't know if you were there when, so VJ and Tim and those mm -hmm. guys were managers. And when sure. I got promoted to supervisor, fucking not that big of a deal, but it was such a big deal because it was a 25 cent raise Yeah, from, <laughs> you know, whatever we were making six bucks an hour. I don't know what, sure. what we were making, but yeah. yeah, that 25 cents is big, but now, you know, it's, you look at that and you don't really take it that seriously when it comes to hourly wage. And I don't know if that's, no. maybe that's a good thing, right? Because obviously, you know, minimum wage has, has raised drastically in the past 15 years to, mm -hmm. to hopefully something comfortable for people. But, <laughs> you know, I think now we kind of look at it like what's our worth versus, sure. you know, yeah. what we should be getting paid based off of the government or, you know, mm -hmm. minimum wage, things like that. Because minimum wage is great until you realize that you can make more per hour or you can make a salary, you know, and you exactly. get that annual salary that ends up breaking down to like $40 an hour. And you're like, wait a minute, what the mm -hmm. hell? I didn't even know that was possible. Yeah. But you know, back mm -hmm. then we were content with six bucks an hour. It's very interesting. Of course. Yeah. Yep. Um, so retirement is funky, right, Justin? Because I mean, there's not a lot of, um, at least I know, I know you said you have uh, people in the industry that, you know, that do podcasts on them. I'd be interested maybe afterwards, shoot me a note. Um, about checking those out because I've always thought to myself before I started this podcast, I wanted to do something in that space mm -hmm. uh, because when I would post videos or I would do like individual podcasts, because I, I, I do a lot of podcasts when I don't have guests on and I don't know. Have you heard any of my podcasts before? I've uh, just Maybe like just clips and stuff, but I haven't gone through like full podcasts yet. Yeah, that's okay. Before I post this episode, you got to go watch all 160. Okay. Of course. Um, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, but originally it started off with me just being uh, just myself and mm -hmm. uh, venting because my wife was sick of hearing me talk. So I was <laughs> like, let me start a podcast. And sure. I wasn't really sure what it would be, but a lot of it was uh, not necessarily retirement, but saving money, 
um, mm-hmm. you know, keeping track of your break even, your personal break even, like things like that to where people always bitch and complain about not having a lot of money. I just had a podcast yesterday sure. on this, but people always complain that they don't have money. So they first thing to do, what do they do? They blame Biden. They blame yep, Trump. They blame, mm-hmm. you know, the government and gas prices are high and, you know, uh, Ukraine and Russia and maybe it's their employer. Maybe, you know, you're a, uh, a, a Spanish female and you think your employer is racist, which is why you're getting paid less. Like mm-hmm. the, we always make up these excuses. And really the bottom line is you're just not good at, at saving money. You're sure, not good at yeah. investing mm-hmm. money. And yeah. uh, a lot of that could be solved by just not spending it. That's mm-hmm. probably tip number one, I would say. Yeah, I'd love to get exactly. your thoughts on this. But, you know, if you're making 30 grand a year, I mean, you could live comfortably. You're not going to have mm-hmm. a, you know, a, a brand new Tesla Model 3. And, you know, you're not going to live in a two-story, 5,000-square-foot home uh, <laughs> on the beach. Yeah. But, I mean, you, you have food in your belly, a roof over your head, and you're able to support, you know, at least one family member, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't go to Starbucks every day. No, you know, you can't shop at Target. You might have to go to Ulti every now and then. You know what I mean? It's like (laughs) like there's options. But, you know, maybe society has put us in this bubble to where we we want the cool shit. So when Mm -hmm. we don't have the cool shit, we like to blame a lot of other people besides looking in the mirror and saying, oh, maybe I just need to be better at at spending money. And then eventually I'll buy the cool shit. But now I got to save. And I mean, are you seeing that now with a lot of clients? Do they come to you saying, hey, I have X amount of dollars and. You know, I don't. Uh, I don't really know what I'm doing with my money. Or yeah, is it, it more? it's it's a it's a funny question because most people generally shy away from people like me only because you know they're scared that they don't have enough money or they're scared of what I might find in their balance sheet, whatever the case may be. Um, but let me do that work. You know, it's 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 funny because some people will come and say, "Oh, I don't have anything," but then I analyze everything that has a dollar sign and they're like, Oh, well I I have more than I thought I did. (laughs) Yeah. And I can show you ways to basically take money from your back pocket, put it into your front pocket and grow that better than what you're already doing. Mm. And so that's really where my expertise comes in at is that let's see what, where you're putting money away at and see if we can make that work um, more efficiently for you, Uh, especially taxes, because that's one of the big, hot topics every you know political campaign mm-hmm. everybody talks about taxes 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 right and it's 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 true like we're at historically low tax rates right now which means they can only go up from here <laughs> and so what are you doing you know it, everybody says don't put all your eggs in one basket meaning don't invest in in just one thing or another but really it's how are you going to diversify your taxes? Mm. Not so much how are you going to diversify your portfolio because um, taxes will rob you in the middle of the night. Same with inflation. You know, and that's another hot topic that's going on right now is, is how fast the inflation has been growing. Um, yeah. So that, that's really what I see out of a lot of my clients is, uh, you know, first, first of all, they're scared to even talk to me because they don't want to know what kind of shape they're in. Sure. And then two, they're, they're just, they, they don't think they have enough money to even work with me. And I've had people in the $30,000 range and I've had people in the 250 plus range and just everything in between. And to your point, it's what, it's not how much you can, um, you know, save or whatever. It's how much of that money you can keep. Mm. And I guess kind of the same thing, but you know, it, 
the point being is that, you know, what are you spending your money on? I'm not a budget police. I don't want to affect your lifestyle. <laughs> but if, if you're, if you're maxing out your 401k and you have no money yeah. and you know, cause I see all these people that have, you know, a thousand dollars in their savings account yet they've got like half a million in their, their 401k because they're putting away 18 grand or so a year in it. I was like, why don't you give that back and have a little bit of a, of a cushion because yeah. that way in case something comes up and you need that money, you don't have to get penalized for taking it out of your 401k. Yeah. And so you don't that, that that's a big one. Yeah. And I mean, there's definitely a lot of benefits to having a 401k, but um, you know, I had a 401k for, I don't even know, almost 10 years uh, at my, one of my main jobs when I first worked at Coca-Cola. Uh, great company because they matched 100%. So it was worth it, mm -hmm. right? Um, sure. If you're not going to use it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, there's there's other ways to get that ROI. Maybe not 100%. Mm -hmm. So if your 401k is only matching 25%, 50%, is it worth it to invest a lot of money into that? Mm -hmm. Like what are your thought process on on that matching for, I know you're not the budget police, but just curious. Yeah, no. And, and that's a, an excellent question because it's one I get, um, a lot of people ask me because for example, if, if they don't match at all, it's not even worth putting, putting money into a 401k right. because there's so many other avenues that you can take to, to grow that money more efficiently. Um, now if you are contributing and there is a match, um, only contribute up to the match and then use the other money to, to invest elsewhere. Mm. Um, because these 401ks, they're tax traps. You know, you go back to the 80s when 401k started to really come alive because right. pensions went away. Um, that's really why we have 401ks because no, there's not a lot of industries that still have pensions other than like state workers or like the insurance industry, um, finance industry. We, we all, like I have a pension, um, mm. but you know, most most companies don't have pensions anymore um, because it's just too expensive because all these people were living longer. And right. so they don't want to keep paying all this money. So now it's up to us to invest our own. So yeah. they came out with 401ks and even those, you know, they're tax traps. Um, and so if you're, if you've well, got and a the 401k, penalties, right? Like that's, that's how they make their money. Exactly. Those yeah. big old, mm -hmm. those big old penalties are outrageous. Um, yep. And I ended up pulling out, you know, my 401k a little bit early, but I ended up, getting a really good deal and low interest rate on a home. So I bought my first home through my 401k. Yeah. But I kind of looked at that like, well, I'm only pulling out what I invested in it. Mm -hmm. So it's it was free to me eventually. But sure. it would have been a lot more if I waited 25 years. Mm -hmm. But yep. at the same time, I look at it like now I'm reallocating those funds into property. And this was exactly. shit seven years ago. So I, mm -hmm. got a, I got a gorgeous house. I mean, you're from Orlando in Castleberry. Yeah. It's okay. you know, yeah, it's right yep. near uh, Deer Run, that uh, okay. that area for from there, but up and coming, mm -hmm. and I got it for like 140 grand, I think, and it was a uh, it was a uh, three bedroom single home, and that you know, fast forward five years later, I ended up selling it for a massive profit, but you know, yeah. you look at it like the amount of money that I pulled out of my 401k, yeah, there was a penalty, but it was kind of all liquid, because mm -hmm. it was just everything I was matching. And then I sure. put that into property, and then years later, I ended up flipping it and making money. So really, I didn't pay for the house, nice. if you want to look at it that yeah. way. Mm -hmm. I was able to live in a place, right, and just pay the mortgage, <laughs> pay the rent, sure. and then flip yeah. it and make it, you know. Um, and I ended up buying two more properties after that. But, you know, again, I always look at it like that's If you had a long-term plan, because that was my always plan and strategy, mm -hmm. that might be one way to go. But to your point, it's almost like if you 
just put four one you know you put money into four hundred one k just because you're told hey if you put it in there and forty years you'll be able to retire with X. Well, what yeah. if the company goes under? Exactly. What if they're diversifying you know diversifying your portfolio and you don't know where the money's going and you end up losing money or you end up getting taxed? I mean, there's a lot of things that are out of your control when it comes to that. So, uh, yeah, it's a little scary for sure to sure. do that, but. Uh, yep. I mean, wh- what are some other ways aside from maybe uh, a 401k that, you know, off the top of your head that, you know, you can invest in? Um, well, I mean, with even with a 401k, if if they have a Roth option, I would always, hmm. you know, offer, or, you know, recommend to, to look into that sure. or a Roth IRA just because you're paying with after tax dollars. That way you don't have to pay taxes if you need that money out. Right. Um, you can go ahead and just pull that money out and you don't have, you've already paid the taxes on it. So, you know, you don't have to worry about that penalty or anything like that. Um, Smart. But to, to your specific question, I mean, there, there are a multitude of ways that you can tuck money away. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I had never thought of before coming into the, to the financial planning industry is um, any sort of uh, annuities or cash value life insurance because people um, skip over that because when they hear life insurance, they're like, oh, no, it's <laughs> yeah. all a scam, blah, blah. And, and, and I thought that way, too. Uh, but if you if somebody's bored and they want to go on to like bankofamerica.com and look at their balance sheet, look how many billions of dollars they've invested in, life, in whole life insurance. It's insane because the tax benefits, like it grows tax free. Um, you can take it out tax free as long as you're not like putting too much money into it. Um, you know, so there's a lot of benefits to that. So I, I actually, a lot of my clients, um, in addition to their 401k IRA, um, any real estate portfolio that they may have going on, um, they'll put some into a a whole life insurance so that they can supplement their retirement later on, um, what Hmm. we call supplemental life insurance, retirement planning. Um, and so they put in, let's say for 25 years, they're putting in, you know, half a million dollars. When they go to turn on the retirement income, it's like a million and a half that they can get back out of that policy um, spread over, you know, 10 years or so. So they're able wow. to, to tuck money away um, tax free and then get it back out tax free later on in life. I think that's a, a beautiful strategy, um, but it shouldn't be your only one, because, sure. again, we want to put money in each of the different tax strategies that we have. So that would be like kind of like a Roth IRA in a sense. I have to be careful because you can't really tie life insurance with investments because it's not t- the life insurance isn't tied to the market. There are some that are, but um, for a basic policy, it's not. Yeah. So, um, so that that's one way. You know, I mean, there there's, but a lot of people use that in conjunction with you know a traditional just brokerage account like stocks, bonds, mutual funds. Um, I do a lot of mutual funds just because people don't want to. Um, have to think about the money that's already professionally managed by the, the you know, whoever that mutual fund is held by. Um, I don't have to really think about it. I just kind of put their money in there and let the, you know, because investing and everything, it's a long-term strategy. I'm not one of these people that, you know, oh, I can turn $100 into a million dollars overnight. Like, that's not what I do. Yeah. You know, uh, over and the years, people have been hell too. like, exactly. Yeah. It's like people say, oh, well, you're a financial advisor. Don't you just sit behind a computer and trade stocks for people all day? 
Nope. No. I, I, I've never done that, actually. <laughs> you know, and I can interpret stocks for you and I can kind of give you some guidance. But ultimately, that that decision's up to you. Yeah. I'm not I'm not gambling with your money. I can tell you, you know, tax efficient ways to invest your money, but I'm not going to sit here and gamble your money away because if I did that on my own and I have, you know, <laughs> I, I think in my bio, I, I mentioned that, you know, in 2009, I cashed out my my portfolio from Edward Jones. And I lost most of it because I thought I could do it all on my own. I, I can invest my own. And nope. It's, yeah, it's it, definitely not as easy. We put as... too much. We we have too much emotion in our own money. So that's right. we need to make sure we have somebody that can take the emotion out of that yeah. uh, equation. Um, because if you sit there and watch, you know, crypto or stocks or whatever whatever your your uh, your poison is, I guess. Right. Um, you know, we're we're gonna see it go down a little bit like oh no we got to sell it's like no that's the worst that's right. time actually you should put more in when it when, when it, goes it goes down, down. that yeah. way when it goes back up you know you're, you're just riding that that mountain back up <laughs> yeah i mean unless you're you know one of those people like me I, when i was i started getting involved in stocks very uh very early and uh i knew i told myself i was like i'm only going to do this if i can literally put money in it i i told myself it's going to be x amount of dollars i'm going to pick um, you know, stocks that I don't necessarily use some that I use, but most of them are going to be like, you know, ones that are cheap, you know, that sure. I see having potential. And, mm-hmm. you know, that was like, uh, Celsius, which was a, uh, which is an energy drink, uh, yep. Carvana, you know, that started off, uh, at like four bucks a share and then it had some dips, obviously just like mm-hmm. everything else, but it's sure. skyrocketed there for a while. So if you put your money into it and don't look at it at all. Don't buy, don't mm-hmm. sell. If you do something like that and tell yourself, hey, if I end up losing money, great. You know, if I end up gaining money, great, but I'm not going to look at it for 10 years. If you are mm-hmm. if you have that self-control and you could do that, that might yeah. be the best way to do stocks if exactly. you don't hire somebody to trade for you because, mm-hmm. yeah, that trading thing is just, it's worse than social media. I it mean, is. you know, it's yeah. it, it, we, you look on like Instagram and a lot of people don't, I don't think anybody's talked about this, but I look at like social media as like a little form of gambling. <laughs> You know, it's almost like uh, when you, except it's the opposite, when you have no likes, there's something that happens in your brain where you want the likes. It's almost mm-hmm. like you want, it's like that gambler that wants to lose. You know, that's how they get the rush. They yeah. love being at the bottom so they can get back up. Like they purposely, mm-hmm. maybe not, you know, conscious, but subconsciously they're, they're losing every time they gamble. They know eventually it's gonna it's gonna lead to that crash, and they kind of dig it. They dig the climb mm-hmm. back up, and that's kind of like how social media is. I feel like because every time we like something or we get a like or we get a comment, that dopamine hits us, and we're just it's, like, "There's like ooh, instant yes. gratification." Yes, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna keep ugh, I'm gonna keep playing on this app, and that's how we feel yeah. like we're at the fucking yep. blackjack table. Do you, do you just... watch? Have you ever watched Black Mirror, the show? Oh, I love that show. <laughs> it was like I think uh, season three, episode one. It was all about um, how everybody has a rating. Credit scores go away, and everybody has a rating. Mm-hmm. And it, that that's exactly what came to mind when you when you mentioned social that's media right. and, and oh, the instant gratification. That. Yeah, I think that actually has that, uh, that has what's her name from Jurassic World, the red. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's the main. She's yeah. That's a great show. And you know, what's weird it about is. that show is if you go back and watch like season one, mm-hmm. um, like everything that's happened in that in season one, like has happened in 2022. <laughs> like they were like <laughs> yeah. six years. It's yeah. like watching the Simpsons. 
Like yeah. these guys are predicting the future. It's kind of gnarly how yeah, it's all exactly. happened. I think one of the episodes <laughs> that terrifies me is the uh, robot, the four-legged robot that oh, took yeah. out like, you know, pretty much all of the human race. And I feel like, you know, Boston Dynamics is going to end up creating something where it's going to like take us over. And, you know, we always think it's going to be like AI or, you know, Mark Zuckerberg is going to create this metaverse weird thing. But no, I think it's going to be like they're going to make some type of cool robot that's supposed to build us like cars. And then the robot's just going to be like, you know, fuck cars. Yeah. Let me take this human plasma. It's like we've got a, uh, a Indian restaurant here that has um, bought, I think, one or two robots that serves your food now. So, yeah. I mean, they the, the cooks will put it on the robot and then they take it to the table Whoa! and drinks and everything. And I'm like, and I had eaten there. And then like literally two weeks later, they get these robots in. And I've got I've got some, you know, business or owner friends in town that have restaurants and like, we should probably do that too. Nobody wants to work in the food industry anymore. So we're just gonna hire robots to serve everybody their food. Yeah. I was like, it's a pretty genius idea. It's I so mean, they're true. like thirty thousand plus dollars for each one, but you know, it's either that or pay somebody thirty thousand a year. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Or that's probably just gonna quit on you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or or make the robots it, not gonna quit. Yeah. Or, I mean, even like <laughs> These uh, other restaurants, like uh, I think it was, where was I at? It was like Chili's or Olive Garden, like one of those Darden restaurants, I think. And me and my wife went out there, and this was about a year or so ago, maybe right after the pandemic. And they had the little kiosk at the table mm-hmm. um, where you order everything from there, you pay through there, you it's all through there. And there was a server that kind of popped in that was almost like a food runner, essentially. Sure. And I think that was like step one is you're ordering from the you know the table then you get a food runner that's going to drop off your food and then eventually it's going to be zero humans that we interact with you know yeah. it's like a buffet that comes to us i think that's eventually sure. going to be you know the thing and you know it's it's happening relatively quick too mm-hmm. i feel like you know obviously in the past 10 years we're automating everything but you know more and more uh to go back to kind of what you do more and more of what we do on a daily basis i think we have to start thinking a little bit farther ahead because Mm -hmm. if you know you could be everyone says they want to make a lot of money and i want to be a millionaire well if you could think a little bit more far ahead and understand trends and understand kind of where this world is going and not fight it you know Mm -hmm. a lot of people that saw uber originally there's so many stories out there of people that passed on uber you know to invest in and you look at it now like they have completely destroyed the cab industry uh, Mm -hmm. except in a few key markets like new york and la and things like that but you know Imagine if you saw that 10 years ago and someone pitched it to you and you're like, nah, man, everyone's going to take taxi cabs forever. You know, those are the people that are fighting it. The same people that say that social media is just Mm going to eventually crash. No, it's yeah. I, you know, I, when Facebook's IPO came out, I think in 2014, Mm -hmm. I invested right away. I was like, this is going to be great. Cause I had already been on Facebook for almost 10 years anyway. I was like, I think they're just going to keep taking off. And then, again i put emotion into it and i think i sold it off like when it started to dip really bad but you know back then i didn't really know what i know now and if i would have just held on to it like they say about everything else you know hindsight's 2020 i would have so much more money because i I put quite a bit into it i was like yeah just kidding let's let's back out of this (laughs) well i mean same thing with twitter now kind of where twitter's Mm -hmm. at now you know i have uh i still have stocks in twitter and i'm not Mm -hmm. i'm not touching it because i'm hoping 
you know, listen, if whatever happens with Elon and if he takes it over or not, sure. eventually, I mean, yeah. that that Twitter name is going to be around for quite some time. And mm-hmm. eventually it'll split and it'll grow. And, you know, it's going to get back to where it was originally. Um, yeah, Because sure. there, there's still nothing like it. I mean, there's still millions and millions and millions of people on that platform, even mm-hmm. though everyone makes fun of it. But it's almost like when uh, when we used to watch Jerry Springer. Remember Jerry Springer? <laughs> like you didn't oh, watch yeah. it. You didn't watch it for the great content. <laughs> no. <laughs> you, you, right? Like, the, excuse me. You didn't watch it for like the educational content. Sure. You, you watched it because you wanted to see fights break out and you wanted mm-hmm. to see wigs fly off and you wanted to see the craziness. Because I think that's, that's what we are, like evolutionary, you know, humans. We, we've evolved to kind of this this weird animal to where we like to watch people. You know, mm-hmm. it's you go out to the wild and you don't see chimpanzees doing this because they're involved yeah. in it, right? Sure. But we love to go to zoos and mm-hmm. we love to watch these things and we love watching from afar. But it's, it's kind of weird how, uh, how, we, how we evolved to, to that, to where yeah. we love the madness, we love the craziness, and it, like gambling and things yeah. like that. Like, like NASCAR. Nobody goes to watch them make a bunch of left turns. <laughs> like, we're right. there to see somebody crash. Yeah. In fact, I was at the uh, the race back in 2001 that Dale Earnhardt died at. And so I, oh, I stopped God. NASCAR after that. I was like, he was my favorite driver. I was like, nope, I'm done. Oh. <laughs> I can't I can't do this. I, I, I'm i here and I didn't actually think I'd witness something like that. But <laughs> Yeah, that's, yeah. that's horrible. Yeah. yeah, he was the man, number three. Yeah, he was, he was my favorite yeah. too. I had the shirts. Yeah. I had the jackets. I've got, I still have a whole shrine of his memorabilia at my dad's house, <laughs> just oh, all packed up. That's not yeah. Right. yeah, you're <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, Na- NASCAR is definitely one of those things. I mean, I would even say there's more things that are wild uh, that we partake in mm-hmm. versus not. I mean, on a daily sure. basis, like we enjoy, like all those videos, those fail videos. Yeah. Right? Like all the ones of people falling and we laugh so mm-hmm. hard because it is funny. But I don't, I don't know where that came from, though. Like where... I guess we couldn't experience it, right? Like, you know, before social media, we weren't able to see that all the time. You know, it was only like your group of friends that you would, you remember like when we went to high school, those, uh, those big electrical boxes, I don't know about you, we're about the same age, but we used to hang out like at the electrical boxes. Did you guys do that? Mm -hmm. And that was like a thing, like that was the closest we got to social media because (laughs) you're able to just hang out with friends and you're busting each other's Mm -hmm. balls and you're doing nut slaps and you're wrestling yep. and you're making fun of each other and you're busting balls about like the Jinko jeans you're wearing. And like, like uh, that, that was like, I feel, I feel attacked. <laughs> yes. Well, dude, I was cranking the Jinko jeans, the chain wall. Yeah. 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 I was rocking the DCs and I had my Jansport mm-hmm. book bag with the, the white out on it. Yeah. I used to write like corn, nine exactly. inch nails. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, but you know that we have evolved to that. To now we just kind of sit back from afar and watch mm-hmm. people, you know, because I have uh, I have a couple um, stepbrother and stepsister and I posted something on like TikTok about the electrical boxes. And even my father was like, what the hell does this mean? What is this like some my dad immediately goes to like the negative. He's like, is that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Some type of drug thing or redneck accent, but he's not redneck. It's more like. Hey, what is this? Some type of drug thing? That's more like him. Yeah. What is this? Some yeah. type of drug thing you're doing? And I go, <laughs> what do you mean? I was like, I used to do that like back in middle school and high school. He's like, nah, I don't remember that. That's some type of drug thing. And I went mm-hmm. up to my brother and my sister. They're they're much younger than me. And uh, and I go, you guys remember that, right? And they go, no, we don't do that. I go, what? So when social media happened, they stopped doing the electrical box because they're just on their mm-hmm. fucking phone and hanging out. Yeah. Which is crazy. It's me. funny. 
because I actually hung out with my son and his sister at an electrical box a few years ago, Dad and it brought boy. back so many memories. Dad, oh boy. <laughs> I was like, yes. Way to bring it <laughs> but back. But of course, and my, my dad um, retired from a power plant, Orlando Utilities Commission, and so mm. when he found out that we were hanging around the electrical box, he's like, no, no, you're going to get electric. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> You can't See, sit on those. That's us. Part of the thrill. We just we exactly. <laughs> Maybe yeah. deep down we knew it, but we're like, who cares? It's kind of yeah. part of the thrill. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, <laughs> I don't know where we're going with that. But I was I was yeah. Like, I don't know either. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you know, just kind of going back to everything full circle. I mean, it's it's so interesting how, like, as a young ch- you know child, as you were saying, when we're that age, whether it's 15, 16, 17, and we're, we're not really thinking about the future, right? Like we're thinking about working at the movie theater and we're just only thinking about that. We're not thinking about 10 years from now. What if I need to buy a house? What if I need to get married? What if I have kids? What if I have kids unexpectedly, right? Cause that's always a, a good practice as well. If you're at a young age is, you know, listen, you want to experiment, you want to go hang out with a nice, um, nice young lady and you're not wearing protection, something might happen. And, uh, you know, you're left with a kid and now you have all these responsibilities, but you have no money. It's always good to kind of start early and save because, you know, I always thought to myself, what's the alternative? So you save a little bit money, invest a little bit more money. Now you don't have money for what? To buy a car, to buy Starbucks, to buy, like what? What are we talking about? Like what is more important than saving money for your retirement, for your future, so that way, when you don't have a job, because eventually, I don't know if you know this, newsflash, when you're like 70 years old, no one's going to hire you. So for if you want to live to 100, which is happening more and more often as we get older and we're learning new things, that 30 years from 70 when you stop working to 100, that 30 years, you're not going to have any income coming in. What's your plan here? You know, you, you can't really live off of uh, that 401k because you're going to have to cash it out, Right when you, uh, when you retire. So, um, unless you're really investing heavily in that and they're matching it, like, so I guess my question to you is Justin, like, what is like the f- step one, if someone wants to, let's say they're 18, 19, 20 years old and they want to invest money into either X, Y, Z, or they just want to put away money or they just want a long-term strategy. Like what's the best thing for them to do day one. Let's take a quick break to introduce today's sponsor. So on this show, we talk a lot about health, wellness, but sometimes there's so much info out there. Uh, it's just, you know, it's hard to get started. Well, if uh, you need a little nudge, check out perfectketo.com. They don't just have great supplements, but it's a really great resource to keep you educated on ways to help improve your health through a low-carb diet. Now, not everybody is into keto or low-carb, and that's totally okay. I get it. But Perfect Keto has tons of great supplements, snacks, and foods that you can work into any diet. And just for being a listener of the show, you're going to get 20% off your entire order by visiting perfectketo.com and using the code THEBARARDO. Again, that's perfectketo.com. Use the code THEBARARDO. Thank you, Perfect Keto. Day one is get a second bank account Mm. because our checking accounts are incinerators. If we see money in there, chances are you're going to spend it. You're going to know how much is in there because we all have phones and the, you know, our our accounts are always on our apps. Get a bank yeah. account that you don't even link an app to it Ooh, and just tuck money in there um, because the more that you see that bank account, the more you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I've got like $1,000 in this other account. I can just pull from that. No, just forget about it. Just mm. sit up, set up some sort of systematic savings plan 
um, to tuck money, even if it's like $25 a week or a month or whatever, whatever you're comfortable saving, just put it away in there. Um, mm. Because it's all about um, building that habit because sure. most people do not have a habit of saving. The only habit they have of saving is whatever um, your employer says to put into your 401k. And I, we've already discussed that, so I'm not going to go back in that circle. But that's that's really step one is is get a second bank account. Um, mm. And, you know, most people have like, you know, Chase or Bank of America, Wells Fargo, whatever. Go to a credit union. Open up, you know, just a small like $100, you know, put your first $100 in or whatever. Um, or if you're like me and I got money from graduating high school, you know, I, I put it into a, a, what was that? CFE credit union oh, um, yeah. when I lived down there. Um, and, and I just let it sit there. And then I, I had a different bank account just to, you know, for my everyday expenditures. Mm. Um, and you can almost use that. Like, obviously that's, that's your, your, uh, your rainy day fund, so to speak. Sure. Um, or if you, want to some people um use that second bank account to pay themselves a salary uh so what they do is they'll just transfer what they need um to pay their bills um and maybe just a little bit extra uh but that way it's separate from your everyday expenditures Mm. um so that that would definitely be my my first uh recommendation as far as you know getting started with saving is, is and, have a second bank account and probably don't have a debit card to that account. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't, yeah. Just, yeah. just pretend it's not there. Yeah. It's just something that you put money into, um, just for an oops fund. Yeah. <laughs> like a, like a 401k. You just put sure. a little portion yeah. of your paycheck, yeah. you know, into that, if that mm-hmm. helps people, but yeah, yeah, no, that, that's, that's a good practice for sure. Yeah. Multiple bank mm-hmm. accounts, especially if, you know, again, you got a lot of bills, um, sure. you know, it's always good because sometimes if money's not coming in, and you got to pay some bills. To mm-hmm. me, it's also like if you get used to, here's a great example. If you get used to having a certain amount of income, right, in your pocket, you know, going back to like when we were kids, if you had $5 a week is what you got paid for your allowance, which for me, it was close to that. If I did more stuff, sometimes yeah. I would make up to like sure. 15 bucks a week. But, you know, if I was so happy with 15 bucks a week, mm-hmm. but come Monday morning, or Tuesday, I would figure out a way to spend that money, whether that was a little bit at the vending machine at school or whatever it was, whatever money I had in my pocket is what I would spend. But I realized that some days where I actually left $5 at home Mm -hmm. and took $10 with me to school, I ended up spending that $10 in a couple of days. Of course, yep. And then I come back and, oh, there's $5. (laughs) So imagine if you did that every single time, right? And that's that's kind of how you Mm -hmm. look at it is the more money you have physically in your pocket or in the bank account, uh, in your debit card, the more money you're going to spend. But if you can cut all ties to that and just pretend Mm -hmm. like it doesn't exist. And I tell this to my wife all the time. She never listens, but I I try. But, you know, it's like, what do we really need on a daily basis? If you can change your perception a little bit about what you Mm -hmm. need, um, you're going to have a lot more money, which is which is super interesting. You know, we just started a, a business a few months back. And, you know, I, I told her, I was like, we can only do this if we do X, Y, Z. And one of mm-hmm. the X's in that was we got to stop all the all the excessive spending. You know, mm-hmm. the, the target runs to buy the little knickknacks that are right up sure. front that every wife loves, yep. the $5 mm-hmm. fucking shit, you know, the aisles yeah. right when you walk oh, out. Oh, yeah. Oh, but it's on sale. You know what's also on sale? It's free if you don't buy yeah. it. Yep. That's the sale, right? <laughs> if you don't buy it, it doesn't cost you anything. Mm-hmm. 
So on yeah. sale is not a good idea. Like when, when they try to go to Marshalls and TJ Maxx and they see buy one, get one, yeah. just don't buy it, you know? So, mm -hmm. but if we could change our mindset a little bit, you're going to have a lot of extra money kind of left over in the pocket. Yeah. Are you familiar with the fire movement? Fire movement? Mm -mm, no. Yeah. Uh, fire stands for uh, financial independence, retire early. Um, and it's prominent more in younger generations because what they're doing, the, the whole um, goal of the FIRE movement is to reduce expenditures drastically. I mean, live on as very little as much as possible while trying to save as much of your income as possible. Mm. So there's, there's people out there that can save like 75% of their income um, and and you know live on very minimal um that way you know by the time they're like 35 they can basically retire because they've saved up a couple million dollars if they you know went on to a good career and, and had quite a bit but wow. i mean that's a that's an exact you know a, sure. an outlier but um but that's basically what the fire movement is and there's a, a book called playing with fire that um i've actually sent to some of my clients because they're interested in that and it's not necessarily, you don't have to be young to start it. I mean, it, it's just a concept really. Right. And the concept being that the more you save, the more you're going to have, that's just simple math. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, and, that's, um, that's true. And what was the yeah. book called? Playing with fire? Playing with fire. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll look into that. Yep. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, it's, it's a great way of changing your mindset because do we really need that Starbucks every day? Do we really need, you know, every year to, to upgrade our iPhone? Do we really need all this stuff? We don't. We're just keeping up with the Joneses. And I think that expression yeah. that's been around for decades still holds true today. There's a lot of things like, and I inadvertently did this. I, I've been an Android user until January of this year. I had never touched oh, no. an Apple product. <laughs> and um, and so when I got a case for my phone, I, I bought uh, an OtterBox like I've done for life. But now, I and I, I'm ashamed to admit this, but I bought a case for my iPhone now that is clear on the back, so you can see that there's the iPhone symbol on the back. Yeah. And I was like, and I inadvertently did that because I'm like, I'm not like this. I, I've never been like this. Like, why? Why did I do that? that so that blue bubble up, changes people, bro. Yeah, it it does. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I mean, but all kidding aside, the the reason why really I, I switch is the camera capability finally oh, sure. surpassed um Android. samsung galaxy phones yeah. yeah and um because when i sold my house last year the professional photographer that came out he shot the entire house with his um iphone 13 pro max yep so i went out and i got a pro max a 13 pro max i was like because i love photography and i don't really post much anymore but i mean just the option to to have you know to be able to take really good photographs oh, and and well, edit them for my phone is is something that I, I really love. <laughs> yeah. And that, that cinematic mode. I mean, come on, that's mm -hmm. that's amazing. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I honestly think because, you know, I, I do a lot of photography and videography as well. And uh, I honestly think maybe five years from now, 10 years from now, it's going to get to a point to where Canons of the world and Sony's, mm -hmm. they're going to have to come out with the phone and get in the cell phone business sure. because I feel like more and more people are just going to carry around this is their camera and exactly because i could take some really great photos and then now you go to mm -hmm. photoshop or lightroom on your phone you edit it there because mm -hmm. we don't we don't take photos and videos like we used to where you know we used to take it 
and then we used to hook it up with those three prong the the yep. white the yellow the red hook it up to mm-hmm. the tv and then we used to show our family mm-hmm. look at this look at i hooked it up to my my camcorder no yeah. all we do is we just show them on the phone yep and we post it so what's the purpose of this digital camera because eventually right. what am i going to do with this i gotta take the digital camera i gotta hook mm-hmm. it up to my mac I got to upload all my photos. I edit it on my Mac and then I airdrop it to my phone mm-hmm. and then I post it on my phone. So why not just do this? So Cut out the middleman. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, you know, and I, a lot of stuff like that is, you know, changing and shaping kind of what we as society and as humans, what we're doing on a daily basis, mm-hmm. because we are always looking for the thing that is, you know, going to get us rich quick. And what's going to get us the fastest results. Like that's what we need. Our attention spans are so low and we Mm -hmm. want the coolest things and we want the fastest things and we want the easiest things. And we want to sit back and be, you know, high and mighty and be on our pedestal and say, ah, you kids are, you know, that's the wrong way to think. And, but really, I mean, at the end of the day, that's, that's evolution. That's how it's going to work. Sure. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just happening so fast. Dude, it is crazy like this tiktok sensation has changed things as well to where now people that weren't on their phone two years ago are now on their phone all the time and they're yeah. creating content and they're doing things so now you have even more competition and you know we're forgetting about the little things right like we're forgetting a lot of friends i talk to that are younger than me you know i'm 30 uh, i just turned 37 so a lot of friends that are younger than me you know in their early 30s i say hey man what'd you do this weekend like uh you know i I went out, I partied, I did this, you know, me and the wife stayed home. We, you know, fucked around on TikTok. Yada, yada. And I was like, did you buy a house yet? No, nah, no, I'm still renting. I'm still, okay. Did you, you get a new job yet? No, nah, I'm still at the same job, getting paid the same last 10 years. I go, okay. So we're, we're spending so much time on our devices and we're spending so much time with all the cool shit that's around us. We're forgetting about the little things. And that's kind of all the stuff that we're talking about, which is like long-term yeah. planning. Sure. You know, I think our parents, the reason why they came over from wherever the fuck they came over, mine from <laughs> overseas, and they came to America, and, or if they're from America, whatever, but they they literally only had one thing to think about, and that is work and family, right? Like, yep. I'm working to take care of my family. That's it. And, mm-hmm. you know, they always did everything for the family and for long-term growth and hopefully freedom and hopefully all this stuff that we're you know, um, that we're privileged to have today, but we forget about those things because we're on our devices and we're living through these TV screens. Like sure. we for, we kind of forget about, you know, what's our long-term strategy. Like mm-hmm. Justin, Tony, what are you guys planning to do in 10 years? You don't have time to think about that shit because you're just embedded into the Kardashians and <laughs> what Justin yeah. Timberlake is doing today. Like sure. we're just kind of all soaked into this stuff. So um, mm-hmm. I think what you're doing is very important because a lot of people have forgotten about it. Um, you know, I've been guilty of it as well myself. You know, last thing before I let you go, I do want to talk a little bit about the inflation recession potentially mm-hmm. that that's coming. Like, what's your thought process on all these quote unquote experts that are saying we're going to hit a, a recession, the bubble's going <clears> to <throat> pop. Um, sure. You know, get rid of, get out of stocks. <laughs> right like well what's your thought process and all that stuff like long term wise a year from now two years from now um you know so traditionally the uh average inflation rate is three three percent 
Um, that's always been the magical number um, year over year is that the average over a 10 year period is, is roughly 3% inflation. Um, and so when we think about saving and investing, um, we want to account for that. We want to account for your tax rate. We want to account for um, any little hiccups or, or life events that come along the way when you're trying to build a portfolio um, because inflation is the number one killer of your money uh, overnight, you know. And so um, when I plan, I, you know, or I, I give numbers for what your projected balance could be inside of a, you know, a hypothetical um, gain inside of your account over X amount of years, I always account for inflation. I always account for your tax rates. Uh, and really where your where you put your money as well because like I mentioned the tax strategy like you have to have some sort of a tax strategy as well on not just where you know um, not just putting all your money in into like a 401k or an IRA mm -hmm. uh, there has to be different you know because there's there's three different types of taxes and it's um, tax now tax later and no tax basically so you want to have a little bit of money in each one so that later on you can offset all those taxes because if all you got is everything in your 401k, you know, we don't even know if social security is going to be around, you know, 20, 30 years from now. Yeah. Um, but they say retirement's like a four legged stool. You want to have four different streams of income. Mm. And so social security may or may not be there, but that's one of them. Um, your retirement accounts, a 401k, you know, an IRA, maybe an annuity, real estate, um, whatever it may be. But, you know, your goal is at least three to four different types of, of income streams in retirement. Um, because obviously, if you sit down on a two legged stool, you're going to fall over. And that's exactly what it's going to be like in retirement for you, too. You're, you're going to be one of those people who's on a fixed income at, you know, 70 plus years old because you didn't plan for all these other accounts along the way. And luckily, the, the younger generations are um, starting to think about that more versus um, what some of the, you know, I'd say the, the older Gen X or, or the, the, the early or the, uh, the younger baby boomers, you know. Oh, so yeah. um, that, that sort of era, uh, a lot of them have not planned properly because they're coming up on retirement. And I've met with plenty of them that simply are just going to have to live off their Social Security and what little they have in their, their 401ks. And I... I weep for them on the inside because I, I was like, I, I don't want to be that way when I get to their, their age in, you know, their 20, 30 more years, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. yeah and I mean, there, I, I think if you talk to all those older folks in the nursing home and you ask mm -hmm. them, you know, if you could change one thing in your past, what would it be? And I think a lot of them would probably say, you know, how I, how I treated money um, mm -hmm. or what I did with my money. You know, there's always that, that uh, that rugged dude that's hanging out in the the corner with the cigar, saying, "Yeah, at least I lived every minute the way I wanted." Yeah, yeah, that's all great and everything, but what if you had responsibilities? What if you had a kid? You know, what if you have a spouse that maybe, you know, God forbid something happens, uh, you want to be able to take sure. care of the people around you. Mm -hmm. And um, again, we 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 talked about this during this uh, episode, but we have to change our mindset a little bit on sure instead of buying things for that short-term satisfaction, right? Mm -hmm. Like you said, the Starbucks, the the Target runs, all that. You have to kind of start thinking more long-term because I've always had the mindset, um, one thing when I started this podcast and uh, the fact that I opened up uh, our 
our business recently, I always had the mindset of like short-term sacrifice for long-term laziness. You know, whether that's investing money or whether that's, you know, the job that you're doing right now or the little money that you do have, if you could just sacrifice short-term, 10 years, mm -hmm. 20 years, that is not a long time if you're living to be 90, right? Sure. Like that is a very small portion of your life. But if you can invest those 15, 20 years into a portfolio, into yep. money that you currently have, um, mm -hmm. and, uh, and just don't spend it, then you can live a longer, healthier life because you're going to have money on the back end, yep. you know, but uh, a lot of people don't talk about that enough, right? Like no. there's, there's more uh, viral dances on social <laughs> media and there's more yeah. weird content on YouTube sure. and uh, fail videos. Like no one's really talking about this stuff, Justin. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I think that my, I guess to, to close with uh, one of my biggest piece of advice, if somebody is getting into an investing is stay invested. Don't mm. get out of it because it all operates on cycles. If you look back, you know, 30, 40 years ago, the stock market is way higher than it was, you know, 30, 40 years ago, and even 10 years ago, mm. even through the 08, 09 crash, if you would have, if you would have stayed invested from like the 2003 crash or so, yeah. and stayed through the 08, 09, now you would have like four times the amount of money that you would have had if you didn't add anything else to it, if not more. Um, one prime example is I've got a client that bought Home Depot at around 08, 09. I think they were about $26 a share. Um, they got up to $420 a share. And now I think they're down to like 320 something. But regardless, he's like 1200% increase just off Home Depot. And it's, it's because he stayed invested. Yeah. And yes, he's a lot older and he had plenty of other you know, assets, but that just goes to show that, you know, if you have something that you believe in and because everybody's always going to, you know, update or repair their homes, Home Depot is not going to go anywhere. Right. You know, look, look for those companies who maybe pays a really good dividend um, like Procter and Gamble uh, or, you know, just or something. in you know, you just want to have a little bit in, in each thing if, if you're doing it on your own. Right. Um, you know, so stay invested. Uh, don't let. uh 700 point dip in the Dow scare you because it's going to come back two or three times within the next week or so. Um, that's just how the market works. It's always going to be fluctuating, going up and down. Um, but buy low, sell high. They always sell it, right? <laughs> they always say that, right? That's so, right. Um, and that's that's what it is. If, if the market goes down, it's on sale. Everybody better buy in. <laughs> well, and I mean, so, you know, you have to yeah. think to yourself that we've right now in 2022, there has never been a better time to be alive. And then, you know, next year we're going to say the same thing. The year after that, we're going to say sure. the same thing because things are always getting better in the world. Mm -hmm. We're always innovating. We're always getting more and more things. We're always going to make more money. The day that the world stops making money and the stock market never comes back because it always mm -hmm. comes back. Always. It always, yeah. always does. Every market comes back. You know, you look at, yep. again, what happened in 08 with the housing market. Look at where mm -hmm. it's at now. I mean, yeah. Jesus, it, it's it's been cranking nonstop, which is scary, but it's been cranking. And you know what? If we end up popping this bubble and ends up going down, and let's say we have another 08 again, in a year, two years, three years, it's going to get back up again, and we're all going to be fine. We're going to recover. Yep. The day it yep. doesn't happen, you don't have to worry about paying a mortgage. You don't have to worry <laughs> about paying bills because everyone's going to be in that same situation, and then the world is going to have to adapt to this apocalyptic world. 
Sure. So the day that shit never bounces back, don't worry, <laughs> you'll be fine because you won't have to pay your rent or anything because, exactly. you know, Penny Mac and everyone else is going to shut down. So <laughs> you're fine exactly. just to stay invested yeah. and and focus on those long-term goals. So yep. take the emotion out of it. <laughs> that's it, man. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Uh, well, Justin, this was this was fun, man. It's it's um definitely you yeah. know it it's not a lot of I, I've talked a little bit about real estate and money and stuff in my podcast, but um typically I, I say my show is about health, wellness, and social interaction, and I look mm-hmm. at this as like a, a form of health, um, sure. financial health, financial health, health. and yeah. that's that's what I use in all of my meetings is that mm. it's like going to the doctor, right? I can't if if you come to me uh, from a financial perspective and and say Oh, I, you know, what can you do for me? Well, I don't know. I don't know any of your symptoms. Mm. So we got to take your vital signs, your financial vital signs first, because you're not going to go to the doctor and they're just going to prescribe you some random medication right away. No, they're going to narrow it down and try and figure out what's wrong with you before they even, you know, uh, prescribe you medicine. Mm. It's the same thing in the financial world. We're going to, you know, find all of your financials, put it all on one nice balance sheet. And I'm going to expose where on your balance sheet has the most, um, uh, opportunity. And then I will build a plan based off that. So everything's tailored specifically to that person. But it's, it's like you said, it's financial health. You know, yeah. we always cheers at health, wealth, and happiness. Well, though that, that's, that's true. Like take care of your health, take care of your wealth, and it'll just translate to being happier. I, I, I feel anyway. That's right. <laughs> now you yeah. nailed it, man. Yeah. That's the one thing, you know, I, I try to take care of three things in my life when it comes to health and you know, I always say, uh, well, technically four things, but I, when I say my fitness and my overall health, I'm really talking about my heart, but that also includes like being compassionate, being empathetic, um, being loving, right? So take care of your heart, take care of your mind. So do the things you have to do, whether that's meditation, pray, uh, well, whatever you're into, you know, be positive, like your mind sure. and the other ones, your pocket. And that's yeah. the third one. So your heart, your mind, and your pocket. If you could take care of those three things, yeah, Oof. that's good, man. Exactly. There's not there's not a whole sure. lot of things that can can go on in your life if those three things are on on point. No, but what's no. funny, right, is yeah. like if you don't mess or if you don't take care of one of those things, it kind of falls. The other things fall. Apart, yeah, which sure. is, which is interesting mm-hmm. because of course if you don't have a lot of money, then you become stressed out and your mind's mm-hmm. going crazy, and you know then your health starts getting affected. Maybe you stopped eating right or stopped working out mm-hmm. or, or whatever the case is. So. And I think uh, financial health is is probably the um, the captain of of that ship, right? Because mm-hmm. they say money doesn't buy happiness, but eh, that's kind of bullshit. Because you might not, if you're a millionaire, you might not be happy as like me who isn't a millionaire. But the, I don't mm-hmm. think that's what they're talking about when they say that. How I look at that expression is, it's not like money cures everything because that's no. inaccurate. But money mm-hmm. does buy happiness because whether that's $30,000 a year for you or a million dollars a year for you, whatever that number is, that's going to make you happy. It doesn't mean that you need to be rich. It just means money is a currency and to buy a home and car and food, you need it. So Mm -hmm. if, you know, a dollar Big Mac is going to make you happy, if you don't have a dollar, you're fucked, (laughs) you know? So it's, uh, it's kind of a, um, it's an interesting topic, man. I'm, I'm glad you kind of, uh, pop the cherry so to speak on this podcast regarding it because i think For there's sure. a lot of uh, a lot of good nuggets in here and a lot of a lot of things people can learn from so uh let me ask you this though before i let you go what is uh if someone can get a hold of you maybe to reach out and ask for advice or social media yeah, handles course. website like uh, if you can shout that out to let people know 
Yeah, um, I'm currently in transition of opening my own firm. So I want to, uh, hey, I, I don't have a lot of information yet, but um, I, I definitely have uh, an email address. That you, I could sure. say, yeah, yeah, whatever you feel comfortable with, great. It's Justin Westerman, uh, my first and last name, at mycoastalwealth.com. Um, so I'm, I'm working on opening my own office here in town so that I can uh, see people other than just Zoom <laughs> um, and and uh, and get some more things rolling because I've got a lot of stuff on the books cooking. Uh, but yeah, and the number one thing is that, that first initial meeting, it's just getting to know you from a values standpoint. We mm. don't talk about money. We don't, I mean, we talk about what's important to you about money, but we don't bring in financial documents. I don't recommend any products, anything, because it's all about building a relationship first. Mm. Um, and then once I find out where your values lie, then we'll build a plan off that. But I yes. don't, I don't care what you have. I, I just, I just want to get to know you first and see if we even are a match <laughs> a fit. And yeah. then we go from there. Um, so that, yeah, that, that's basically how I start all of my, my, my process basically is, is values based planning. Um, and there's a book about that, of course, too. So, but that's great, man. Congrats again on the new venture. Thank you. Um, take it from me. Who's someone who's I've, I've owned and sold companies before. And uh, I just started up this other one as well. Shameless plug meet cute box. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a date night subscription box. Uh, but you know, there is nothing truly it, it's, there's a lot of positives to working for a corporate job. We've mentioned a lot mm -hmm. of stuff today, retirement plans, 401k, things like that. But man, there's nothing, there's nothing quite like working for yourself. Sure. It's, it's pretty oh, special. Yeah. So congrats mm -hmm. on the venture. It's scary, but I'm sure you're going to do Maybe. fine because yeah. it sounds like, you know, a lot about this industry and that you're an expert on it. So uh, keep your head up and I'm sure you'll do fine. And maybe I'll have you back on the show when you open up and we could talk about yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. You know. Yeah. And then we can maybe get a little bit more specific than just a general overview of like if there's certain topics that, you know, your listeners have questions on, you know, mm. either reach out to me directly or you and you can pass on my information, yeah. whatever the case may be. And we can, um, it, it's all about education. That's right. I'm not in it for, you know, to, to chase the next paycheck because that just comes with the, the, the territory. Yeah. But for me, it, it's really just trying to change mindsets and, and get the people think out, you know, outside of their little bubble um, right. from time to time and, and learn more about different strategies to build wealth and not just, you know, cause it, it wealth is subjective, right? We, we have different ideas right. of what we consider wealthy. And like you said, it could just be our, that our health is top notch and that, that could be where we feel that we're the most wealthy, That's right. um, but it does take currency. It, it takes some sort of money to, to be able yeah. to do the, these things to, to stay in shape or active or whatever. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, de definitely. I would love to, to be back and maybe talk to some, you know, topics that are a little bit more specific or for sure, or just whatever, wherever, wherever the wind takes us. Yeah, man. Like it did today. No, I dig yeah. it. I mean, it's, we've, we've already gone an hour. So this thing time yeah. flies here. That's awesome. It's like yeah. a time warp in here. Yeah. But uh, congrats. Am I your first podcast, by yeah. the way? Uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, yep. I've never been on a man. podcast before, so wow! Um, look at I, that. I like the concept. Yep. Let's give him a little applause, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> great job. Um, no, nah, man, you did great. Yeah, thanks. Thanks Thank for you. coming on, and uh, I'll leave your information uh, in the description episode notes for people just listening, not watching on YouTube. Uh, so, folks, if you're listening, uh, reach out to Justin. But uh, Justin, thanks for uh, the lesson here, man. This was good. We'll do it again Definitely. for sure. Yeah. Thanks for hanging out, man. Appreciate you. Yeah. Everybody. Right,